This episode of the Golf Gaming Podcast and the Sports Gaming Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. The WinBet Casino is now offering 100% deposit match up to $1,000 for new users. Now the WinBet app now or to visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. We're also brought to you by StableDuel. StableDuel is a horse racing DFS app where you can play for free and pay games for real cash prizes. You win as much as $25,000 with one entry. Head over to StableDuel.com to get started today. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app for all our free picks and podcasts. All right, DJs. Uh, welcome back to the Golf Game Podcast. Uh, if you heard me doing the advertisement readings, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, more on that a little bit. Uh, that means I'm Ryan Solo. I'm actually recording this on Monday afternoon. Uh, we were going to do a full preview on Sunday evening, you know, going over some things with the WGC, um, mostly kind of trying to relate that to the Masters and f- as far as like how we're worried about some guys, not necessarily the results, you know, with match play, it's hard to really take out, take too much out of it, you know, just because unless you're really going through all the shot link data and seeing how guys actually did, you know, not all three and two wins are create equal. So, um, you know, we we're going to go over some of those guys, but around, uh, I don't know, seven o'clock last night, I started coughing uncontrollably. I've been fighting a little bit of a cold last you know, week or so. Um, and then that actually morphed into full blown stomach flu. And uh, my wife got it on Saturday evening and she didn't sleep. And she was basically a zombie all day yesterday. And then unfortunately, I got it all last night. <laughs> and, uh, I will spare you the gory details. I basically reenacted a lot of St. Patrick's Day celebrations uh, all night last night. So, uh, but I promise I would do a quick preview. Again, I'm recording this Monday afternoon. I don't know if I will be doing a DFS show tonight with Boston Capper. Um, I got about two hours sleep. He might do a solo show. We might just do a show tomorrow. So I apologize for anybody who might be looking for that show, but. I'm, uh, I'm I'm playing hurt right now, but uh, no, I mean, listen, it's uh, MJ flu game. So why don't we start breaking down uh, the Valero Texas Open? And uh, but first, before we do that, we got a couple of requests in Slack. Uh, maybe just taking a look at the odds board, you know, just kind of looking at what uh, we're seeing right now, and if anything stands out. So let's fire up the WinBet app. Uh, let's look at the odds boards, and there are 13 guys right now. 14 actually, who are 30 to 1 or better. And the only two who are above 20 to 1 in that group are Xander Shoffley, 22 to 1, and Bryson Shambo, 30 to 1. I mean, obviously, Bryson's uh, price point right now is depressed because you know he's injured. He didn't look very good in match play. Xander is one I'm probably going to expect to come down a little bit. Uh, it seems like everybody's out on him because he was a very chalky pick to win his group. And he f- basically fell flat on his face. And some of the reports I've been hearing is that uh, the, the, the attitude of Xander has definitely turned. Um, I'm not worried all that much. Uh, it seemed like going through his shot link data wasn't necessarily the ball striking. Uh, it was more he wasn't really making a whole lot of putts on Thursday and Friday, which might make sense because, you know, these greens are advertised as overseed. But, you know, just looking at them, it seems like, and, and the weather's been pretty warm in Austin, um, you know, last month or so. 
Uh, it seems like maybe the Bermuda is starting to come out of dormancy. You know, kind of like we saw a little bit of Valspar last week. Those greens kind of looked a little more Bermuda than normal just because it's been warm. Uh, we might get the same thing over at TBC San Antonio's this week, but Xander's never really put well in Bermuda, unless it's East Lake for whatever reason. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think he missed like five putts under six feet uh, between Thursday and Friday. I'm not worried. I'm not, I'm not worried about it. I think uh, once you put him on bent grass, he's going to be fine. Uh, so he's definitely something I'm looking at. As far as everybody else, though, it, it seems like the books are very scared of any significant action on top favorites. I mean, yeah, John Rum 9 to 1, Jordan Speed at 12 to 1, which that's that's a terrible price based on where his game is at right now. And we'll talk about him a little bit. You got Rory 12 to 1, you got Scheffler 12 to 1, who is now the number one player in the world. You got Cam Smith, who won the Players' Championship. He's been really good at the Masters. You got Kyle Morikawa, who seems like he's pretty good anywhere. Um, yeah, JT 14 to one. He's starting to peak. Yeah, Brooks, it's 16 to one. That's the guy I think I have my eye on. I am hoping he starts to drift a little past 20. Uh, he's been playing good and he's been playing under the radar. It hasn't been spectacular, has been flashy, but that's uh, someone who I absolutely have my eye on to win the Masters this year. I think I made that call back in December when I wrote my uh preview of who's gonna win all the majors this year. Brooks was my pick. He is entering a window of uh, guys with enough starts under their belt at Augusta National where their expected strokes gain takes a big leap, and he's one of these guys. So I got my eye on him. Patrick Cantlay, you know, I, I'm, I think I'm kind of waiting for him to actually maybe like do something in a major. I know he did. Uh, he was at one time, uh, he led in 2019. Other than that, though, I don't think he has a top 10. And he hasn't hit his irons all that greatly. So at 18 to one, that's not really good for me. Same thing with Victor Hovland. I just, I, I like, listen, could I bet him top 10? Sure. Uh, but a golf course where it seems like it kind of exposes you around the greens, you know, shut up Bryson DeChambeau. Um, it just seems like as long as that area continues to be kind of a, a red flag for him, I, I, I don't see him winning a major. You have to be able to get up and down. You're not going to be able to hit every green like he does sometimes. You know, not like in my Kobo or like at Albany. Like, there's going to be some adversity. So I don't really trust him. And as far as, and then there is a big gap uh, from the top tier guys all the way down to the middle tier. You know, start with like Daniel Berger, 40 to 1. Um, yeah, Fitzpatrick, 40 to 1. That's another guy who's been playing really well. You know, he got beat by Scheffler in the playoff, took six holes, but he played really good all week. He's been really good at Augusta National. I think I might want him or prefer him if it was more difficult conditions because it seems like any time at Augusta National where you got a little bit of wind or it's firm, he seemed to shine there. You know, looking at the weather forecast, it looks like they're going to get a lot of rain, especially during the tournament. We play a little soft. I don't know if I love that for him, but I'll take a look. Um, and then looking down the odds towards a little more, you got Adam Scott, 70 to 1. He's been playing really good, too. Uh, he made, what, the quarterfinals or the round of 16, I think, at WC match play. Uh, seems like maybe uh, he didn't really want to play uh 54 more holes over the week maybe he tanked to uh, kisner we'll see but uh no i mean i think he's definitely live at 70 to 1 same thing with Corey connors i mean he's been really good at uh i guess the national i think two appearances i think he had a top 20 there in 2020 in the fall like a really easy one he had i think a top 10 
had a really difficult one. So it seems like Augusta National just kind of fits his strengths and he's peaking. He's playing really good. And, uh, you know, again, I think that's another guy who might need a little more difficult conditions, a little firmer conditions. Cause it seems like the guys who struggle with their putter, um, who have ended up winning like a Bubba or a Hideki or a Sergio Garcia, it was a little firmer, a little more difficult conditions, you know, a little more of a ball striking contest instead of when it's softer, you know, your Jordan Spieth, your Patrick Reed, your Dustin Johnson's like those types of guys who end up winning. So, um, other than that though, I mean, I don't really think anyone past maybe the one is probably going to actually win this thing. I don't know. Maybe, maybe Gary Woodland a hundred, you know, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's my little overview of the masters. Obviously we have a ton of content next week. Uh, but for now it's the Valero Texas open and we'll start breaking that down right after this ad break. All right, let's talk about WinBet. So are you looking for a Las Vegas-style casino fund to palm your hand? Look no further than WinBet, the premier online casino from the five-star Win Resorts properties. The classic table games to all the best slots, thrills, and jackpots. WinBet has everything you need for the ultimate casino experience. Sign up today and receive 100% first match up to $1,000. WinBet also has a win happy hour or win hour from 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. Pacific time. They have better prices on select games, and anyone who has the WinBet app is alerted right on the hour. Batters who wager at least $500 in the first and second round of the tournament or one entry into the drawing for a trip to win Las Vegas. And there's never been so much to choose from, and all you have to do is download the WinBet app or visit winbet.com. It starts today. And offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And also, if you're looking for a sweet SGPN hoodie, every day March Madness games are being played. We'll give away a hoodie. Just go to sportsgamingpodcast.com slash March Madness and enter that sportsgamingpodcast.com slash March Madness. All right. Why don't we start breaking down the Valero Texas Open? So let's start with the field. Uh, it's a pretty bad field. It's very top heavy. There are some really good guys at the top who are trying to get one last, um, you know, couple rounds in of reps, fine tune their game for Augusta. Uh, but otherwise, it's a pretty dreary field. Um, a lot of other guys who've, you know, played, especially deep into the weekend, uh, except for Corey Connors, uh, are choosing to skip this event. Uh, so I guess the big fish here is Rory McIlroy. So he skipped the WGC match play last week, which is surprising because it's a former winner uh, at TBC Harding Park, not Austin, but he's a former winner of the event. It's WGC is just a guaranteed prize pool, but seems like Rory is very serious to finally get that green jacket that has been eluding him for so long. I mean, he should have won in 2011. Uh, he could have won in 2018. Uh, there were a lot of other tournaments where Roy McIlroy was right in it, and he just faltered over the weekend. So maybe, <coughs> excuse me. So maybe this change of strategy of playing the week before the Masters is what he finally needs. Secured green jacket for TBC San Antonio, uh, and he's only played the event once, but he finished runner up. So we know he can do it. Uh, he is the heavy favorite this week. I think he's like plus seven fifty to win. Uh, so yeah, I mean it's it's interesting. To, it'll be interesting to see uh, how he does. He probably will not make my outrights card just because the odds are so short. If for whatever reason, maybe in a matchup or something, he will definitely find his way. Especially if it's insurance speed, which we will talk about right now. Uh, so there's two guys who in this field, big fish, who need to shake off the rust. One is Bryson DeChambeau. Didn't look all that great 
in match play. Um, looks like the ball speed was still there, but just other than that, though, he just kind of was blah. Um, so he needs to shake off the rust and prove that he's actually healthy. The other guy, though, is Jordan Spieth, and uh, he is struggling with the swing again. There was a video that came out of him at the driving range, and let's put it this way. As someone who struggles sometimes not to slide their hips, and that's what he's doing, and that doesn't seem sustainable, doesn't seem comfortable. And like, if you look back at some of his swings back in 2015, it just it's night and day different than what he was doing, and I, I don't understand why he's continuing to tink at this point. Um, it just doesn't look good. So he's, I think, 12 to 1 or 14 to 1 to win this week because he's defending champion. He's done really well this event, but like, man. I, I I just I I don't see it. I mean, he was he did, had done pretty well at Austin Country Club too, and he really played good. He had a two way miss going. He was, you know, in the middle of the fairway with the wedge, and he blocked it way to the right. And that's just the, the, the his swing mechanics are way off. So uh, that might be someone I'm looking to maybe fade in matchups this week. And then our nobles in the field, you got Abe Answer, you got Corey Connors, Tony Fino, Gary Woodland. Other than that, though, pretty barren field. Um, not a whole lot. There's a lot of corn fairy guys who just got done playing the Corrales. Uh, congratulations, Chad Ramey getting his first uh, PG Tour win. Uh, so, yeah. All right. While we get to uh, TBC San Antonio, let's break down the golf course. So, TBC San Antonio, it opened in 2010. There's actually two golf courses to the piece of property. One of them on the north side of the property is called the Canyons Course. And that was designed by Pete Dye. And it's actually a very intriguing layout. There's a lot of elevation changes up and down. You know, like he does a really good job, kind of like at Austin Country Club, of building some of the greens around the canyons. You know, it and it's... You know, it's pretty wide too. It makes it pretty uh, playable for the amateurs, but because of the terrain and it's not all that long uh, on the scorecard, it's not very conducive to actually hold a PGA Tour event there because you can't get the infrastructure for all the cameras and everything. I think they do. Um, I think they have done a uh, Corn Ferry Tour event though at that place though before. So maybe that's. Uh, I mean, I don't know if that's great to look at because it's not the same course, but you don't know. But this is going to be at the Oaks Course. It's on the south side of the property, and it was built in 2010 by Greg Norman with Sergio Garcia Consulting on the project, which that's an interesting story. I mean, first of all, you have Greg Norman who's trying to sabotage the PGA Tour. So that's going to be interesting to see if they actually bother mentioning him and credit him for actually building the golf course. Maybe the PGA Tour is going to be a little petty and say, hey, like, I'm not going to mention him. Uh, I would I would imagine he's probably going to be whitewashed from the uh, – from the uh, broadcast, but also, uh, so Sergio, I think used to date his daughter and that had a really ugly end. Uh, and I think that's might be why Sergio doesn't even come play his own golf course. I think he might not even like it all that much. Uh, he's got the strain relationship with Norman. Maybe just not something he really wants to do, but, um, so it stretches over just over 7,400 yards long. Uh, it's naturally Bermuda, but in March, uh, the fairways and rougher overseeded ryegrass. Now that's something I want to talk about real quick. So the last couple weeks, and I, I think I talked about this at the top of the show. Um, these golf courses have been built as overseed, you know, basically the pro trivialis overseed over the Bermuda, but as the s- temperatures start to warm up in Texas or Florida, you know, I, you know, like in order to keep the Bermuda basically dormant, you can add chemicals to it, but you can only do that for so long. And it's been really hot in San Antonio the last like couple weeks or so. And you kind of saw it last week at Austin Country Club, like, like the even the dormant Bermuda rough, um, it started off the week pretty brown, and by the end of it, it absolutely was changing color. Like that, that turned into kind of a golf course where start the week it didn't really matter if you hit it in the rough, you still get a 
club on it. But by the end of the week, balls are settling down. They're nestling in the rough. Like it, 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 it the golfers definitely change. And to my eye, the greens definitely started to look like a little, have some more Bermuda characteristics to it. You can see the grain, you can see the light and dark, you know, the light, you know, you basically like the light patches, of the green with the dark, that's the grain. Basically, if it's toward the sun or against you, um, with overseed kind of has some a little bit like, you know, like lines and it looks a little striped usually. So, yeah, I think it was hit or miss last week. Uh, if some were a little more overseeded, some were a little more, Bermuda, but those greens were definitely transitioning at least to my eye. And I would not be surprised if San Antonio, those greens are transitioning too. Uh, they don't overseed it the same. Uh, they used to put some bent grass down on this, which I've already gone on the podcast and mentioned that it's, it's doesn't create that much of a material difference, but I mean, we have seen tournaments where if it's just the Poe Trivialis overseed, sometimes Bermuda ends up dominating it. I think we might have saw it at Valspar uh, last two years. I think we might have saw it last week, and I wouldn't be surprised if these greens are have maybe a little more Bermuda characteristics. But that's that's just me nerding out to agronomy. Uh, let's start with some positives of the golf course. There's some positive and negatives about this place. You know, first of all, it's a TPC golf course. Immaculately maintained. It's part of the TPC network. That fantastic turf conditions. Everything that, basically, all the reviews I've read is just that it's a, it's a first class experience. Um, you know, and it's it doesn't have like a whole lot of real estate around it. Uh, Greg Norman wanted to kind of let the natural Texas landscape kind of shine through. It has a little bit more of a rugged look than some other TPC golf courses, and it's located in a beautiful JW Marriott uh, property. Uh, the golf course is only accessible to guests of the resorts, but it's got top-notch amenities. Sorry, I'm, I'm I'm basically doing a free commercial for the JW Marriott at TPC San Antonio, but it's got a great pool, Lazy River, water park. You know, I mean, if if you go there, you can probably just drop off the kids, they can play on the pool, and then you and your wife maybe can just go uh, play a really well-maintained golf course. Um, there's also some interesting holes and features to it. Uh, it's got some good undulation undulation to the greens. Uh, the bunkers have some good edging to it. I'll talk about the bunkers in a little bit. Uh, they've made some recent change, changes to some of those bunkers. Uh, and there's a couple of good holes in the back nine. So the 11th is basically a downhill 405 or 6 par 4. But there, the fairway basically runs out uh, to only 300 yards, and then it goes into the rough. Uh, but there's a center line bunker that starts about 240 yards off the tee. So, I mean, if you want to club down and kind of basically avoid send the ball to the rough, you have a very annoying centerline bunker that's in your way. And these guys hate centerline bunkers. So I always appreciate that. Uh, the 16th is also Greg Norm has taken uh, the sixth of Riviera. It's got a bunker place right in the middle of the green. Makes for a very inconvenient visual for a tee shot. And the 18th kind of looks a little bit like uh, the 18th of Jumeirah State and Dubai. That's where they played the DP World Championship. Basically has a creek that bisects the fairway and wraps around around the green. It looks almost exactly the same. Um, so yeah, I mean, like, there's some good features about, it, but there's a lot of flaws in the golf course too. And it has a lot to do with the design and routing, you know, for starters, it's kind of forgettable, not really a whole lot of creativity to it. You know, just it seems like you're playing kind of the same hole over and over on the front nine. Um, but I think the biggest negative of uh, to the golf course, is it's really difficult for amateurs to play. Um, you know, you got to hit a longest straight there and, you know, flanking each fairway are really the fair, like awkward puzzle piece looking fairway bunkers that if you're end up in the wrong spot, you're basically just 
chipping out. You can't get to the green from there. You see some of those guys in the PG tour, they end up just on the wrong side of, you know, like a jutted out piece right there. And they can't, you know, they basically, they can't get like a club on it and they have to just hack out. So, um, and all the greens are raised about the fairway tee. You can't really bounce the ball to the green. Uh, there's not a whole lot of bailouts either. So everything's pretty much, it's a very aerial game at TPC San Antonio, which doesn't usually make it very friendly for amateurs. Uh, it's also almost borderline unplayable if there's a big north wind. So basically how this golf course is laid out is most holes, I think there's only one par three on the golf course that actually runs from like an east-west direction or west-east. Everything else basically runs either north, south, south, north, which if you have a north wind, if you're going on a downhole hole, that's that's great. But if some of these holes are really long and if you have a stiff north wind, you're going into the wind and uphill. It just, I don't know. It, it just, it's, it's, it's not a very friendly design for amateurs if they want to play. So, and even like some of the uh, PGA Tour professionals, they don't really like this place. I think a couple of years ago, golf.com basically sent out an anonymous poll. Uh, about what was their least favorite golf course, and TBC San Antonio was one of the more frequent responses. Um, but, you know, listen, overall, even though it's a little more difficult for some of us amateurs, uh, you know, if, if the wind's not blowing there, it definitely can be had. I think Corey Connors won this event around 20 under uh, a couple of years ago. I think Jordan Spieth got up to 17 under last year, but that was actually kind of an outlier score. Other than that, it's usually between like 10 and 15 under par usually wins this thing. So yeah, I mean, it's really going to come down to if, you know, how the weather is as far as how this thing scored. So we'll take our break and we'll start breaking down some uh, bang, bang strategies. All right, let's talk about stable duels. There are never enough things to gamble on. And the one sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. Best part is now there is a new way to play the ponies, especially if you are, if you are new, brand new to the sport. Check out Stable Duel, a daily, daily fantasy style app where you can play for free and pay games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stable, and play against others to move the leaderboard. Win as much as $25,000 in one entry. And even if you don't know anything about horses, don't worry about it. The app gives you clear data on which horses to select to build your best strategy. The app is free to download at StableDuel.com. Uh, multiple games are offered each day with free games weekly. It tracks all over the United States. So get in the app, create your account, and start building your stables today. Invite your friends to play against you or play against our stables. You can follow them in the app, and we can compare our own stats. Download it now at StableDuel.com. See how many winners you can pick in, the, in your stable. See you in the winner's circle. Play, race, win. All right, so let's go to some nuts and bolts of the golf course. So I already mentioned that it's a little above 7,400 yards. Um, it, as far as the grass type, it's typically Bermuda, but around this time of year, it's a little bit the overseed. I already talked about how possibly the greens, with how warm it's been, could see a little more Bermuda to it, but I'm I'm not on the course. I can't take a magnifying glass to actually look at each piece of grass on the green and say, "Oh, that's the Poa. Oh, that's the Bermuda." So I'm taking my best guess. Um, one thing I do want to talk about though is actually a reader of mine uh, hit me up on Slack that something that had actually gone past my radar is last year they <coughs> excuse me. Last year, they actually did some uh, work to the bunkers. Basically, the goal was to make it a little more playable because some of the complaints about the bunkers was with the sand type, it was hard to basically get the ball to stop close to the hole. Uh, it also wasn't very friendly to a lot of the players as far as just how they're shaped and how deep they were. So they replaced the sand 
Uh, I think they said they were going to reshape them. Uh, I looked at Google Earth. I had a photo of October 2021. Apparently, this project started in October in uh, July. Um, I'm not sure if any of the work was done after the fact, but the only thing I did notice was, yes, the sand was different. It had a little more of a whiter uh, uh, complexion to it. The old sand was a little more brown. I think some. I think that white sand might be able. You might be able to get a little more spin on the ball uh, coming out of it. Uh, we'll see. It kind of, I think, comes down to I don't need to see this, and it might not make a material difference. You know, some of these changes might have been to just help a lot of these amateur golfers go play it. You know, to a professional, it might not really make a lot of difference. It might not be all that material. So I'm not really going to worry about it all that much. Um, you know, as I'll get to in a little bit, bunker play is really important. Uh, and I'll tell you why in a little bit. So while we first start with uh, the relative skill set chart for data golf, this is a chart I love you using, just kind of seeing what different skill sets tend to be a little more correlated and not correlate towards separate leaderboard. And this is one of the least correlated golf course golf courses on the PGA Tour. Um, not much of a correlation between bombers and short hitters towards top of the leaderboard towards driving distance. Same thing with driving accuracy. You have guys who aren't all that accurate. Uh, you have guys who are pretty accurate off the tee. Those guys tend to be up there. Same thing with iron play. I mean, there seems to be a little bit of a varying degree of skill set and putting. I mean, Corey Connors won here. He can't put a lick. And Jordan Spieth won here. He's great at putting. But the one thing that kind of stands out is around the green. And apparent for whatever reason, well, I mean, I, I know the reason, but short game wizards tend to do really well uh, here. And I think it has to do with A, it can get pretty windy, so there can be a little more greens missed. And B, these green side bunkers are really deep and tough. And if you're somebody who struggles getting out of green or green side bunkers, getting up and down, especially with how undulated some of these pins are or these greens are, it's tough. And I think, you know, sand save percentage is definitely something I'm looking for this week. I want guys who definitely can um, get up and down out of a bunker. So, yeah, I know my uh, co host, uh, um, always slams Jason Kokrak for his poor pucker play. Uh, fortunately for Jason, uh, he's not in this field, even though it's weird. Uh, you know, I guess he's a Texas guy. So why would he play this event? But, um, yeah, so I, it, so overall, it seems like most of the guys I pick, you have to have a little bit of semblance of bunker play. Uh, it's basically makes my criteria. We're not bunker play, just around the green game. So, all right, why don't we take another break and then we'll, uh, finish up, uh, this preview. All right, so how about PropSwap? So this podcast is brought to you by PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. The final four is set, and PropSwap is your place to cash in on the big dance. Last two weeks, PropSwappers have been making thousands of dollars by simply buying and selling college basketball teams. You can always find the best odds on PropSwap because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. Then after you make your purchase, you can either go for the win or resell your bet at any time to lock in a profit. Like Patrick from New York, who sold a $1,000 35 to 1 Houston championship ticket for $6,000 on PropSwap before their Elite Eight game. Patch turned $1,000 into $6,000 guaranteed, and the buyer got the best odds in the country. So go to PropSwap.com now or download the free PropSwap app today. PropSwap has fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value, a free activity feed to stay in the know with all the big sales, red hot ticket sale, and, and red hot tickets for sale, a loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash, and a first deposit cash match. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit, and PropSwap will match your deposit up to $500. Join the real sports bettors on PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. 
All right, let's finish up uh, the preview here with a couple of our notes. So one thing I like looking at is the uh, where these guys are hitting their approach shots from. Now, sometimes, you know, year to year, this can change just based on how the wind is. You know, obviously, if you're playing into a stiff north wind, um, you're going to have longer approach shots. If it's really downhill, it's going to be shorter. Uh, for the most part, this is kind of a balanced uh, distribution chart. Like, there's not really a whole ton that stands out here. So there are a, a greater than average uh, frequency of uh, short irons into the greens. Um, uh, you know, anything less than 125 yards. But this only comprises about 24% of the players' approach shots on the ground. Uh, you have a slightly higher than average rate of your intermediate irons, like 150, 175. But uh, your rates around those are well below PG Tour standards. Uh, there are barely any shots between 200 and 250, and a ton of shots over 250, about 18%. But again, like you can't really focus on that just because only 18%. So how do I want to you know approach this? Well, I think first of all, I think this basically speaks to why there is so much variance as far as ball striking capabilities. Um. You know, as far as like, you know, how that's not really correlated at the top of the leaderboards, because typically your guys who tend to be a little better with the longer approach shots are a little better ball strikers. Um, but the guys who tend to be maybe, you know, get by with their wedge game, really good from under 50 yards. Uh, I think another thing to consider too is these power fives are really long. Um, so for a lot of these guys, uh, a lot of the shorter is going to be a three shot hole. They're going to lay up to a number. So I think for me, how I'm going to approach this. Is so if you look at data golf, uh, TBC San Antonio is the second toughest golf course of all regular PG Tour stops for approach shots less than 150 yards. Uh, I think just because of the wind, the bunkers, the undulation of the greens, you know, the relative scoring is very tough there and also features the second toughest par fives of all the regular PG Tour stops. So I think for me, uh, instead of looking at proximity, I'm just going to look at par five scoring, not necessarily birdies, just because you know, some of these par fives are a little tougher. Uh, I just want to make sure that like. You know, you're not really screwing the pooch there. So, par five scoring and a proximity stats under 150 yards. Uh, those are basically the two things I'm going to take out as distribution chart uh, as far as what I'm looking at. And then, lastly, uh, here's a group of players. Um, here's the top 10 in the field who have gained the most strokes per round uh, at TBC San Antonio with a minimum of 10 rounds. So, number one, Corey Connors, uh, winner in 2019. He's got two other top 15 finishes, gained plus 2.2 per round over 12 rounds. Number two, Charlie Hoffman. He won in 2015, maybe. I forget the exact date, but somewhere in the mid-2010s. Uh, he's gained over two strokes per round, 44 rounds. Jordan Spieth, the winner last year, over two strokes per round at 22 rounds. Brant Snedeker, about two strokes per round at 16 rounds. Again, that's the type of guy who's a really good scrambler, good wedge player, not necessarily has ever had really good off the tee or... Um, like iron numbers, you know, at least not recently. But then you get to a guy like Lucas Glover, tremendous ball striker. Can't really putter, can't really scramble. But if you're somebody who just hits a bunch of greens, you don't really have to worry about that. Uh, Kevin Streelman, one and a half per round at 24 rounds. Martin Laird, former winner in 2011, or I don't know, whatever, 2013 maybe. What, plus 1.4 per round, 30 rounds. Chris Kirk, who seems like he's going to be a really popular pick this week, plus 1.4 over 24 rounds. Matt Kuchar, again, kind of a similar plays like a Brant Snedeker just never really has had I mean at least not for the last five years or so not really tremendous ball striking numbers but his best parts of his game are scrambling wedge play and putting and Kevin Trappel kind of the reverse of that just a really good tee to green guy not necessarily all that great 
um, around the greens, but he won here, I think, back in 2016. So that's a pretty diverse skill set there. Uh, you don't really see a prevailing, prevailing theme to some of those top tens like you do in some of the other places. I think those that list right there is kind of a good preview of uh, what to expect at uh, the Blair Texas Open this week. All right, that's it. Um, I think I'm going to go crawl into the field position and die. Um, I just got a hot text that uh, Brian Kirshner, our DFS guy for sportsgamingpodcast.com and uh, the host of Tap and Birdie Podcast, he is going to fill in for me tonight. Brian, I very much appreciate it. Thank you. Um, sorry that I won't be joining it. I, I'm not a very sound mind right now to uh, make any picks, and I don't like making picks unless... I'm of sound mind, so I'm going to go probably uh, go to sleep, and then I should be okay for tomorrow's pick show. So, yeah, enjoy the DFS show tonight, and we'll uh, talk to you tomorrow.